I try to be strong for the people around me. So I try not to cry. I try to be strong for my mom because we were going through it together. I was a prayer partner during that time because I wanted her to be strong. I was always reminded of God's word. But then when God's will was for my aunt to die, I sat in my room alone and I could hear my mom crying in the background and looking for me. At that moment, I couldn't move. I couldn't go anywhere because I didn't want her to see me cry. And I think that week or a few weeks down the line, we went to church and I was praying as usual. And the pastor actually walked to me and he put his hand on my chest and he told me, I know that you're trying to be strong. I know that you felt a lot of emotions. You're trying to be this guy that everyone looks up to and that everyone can draw strength from. But God says that it's okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to mourn. And without realizing it, I started crying at that moment. And when I think about it now, it reminds me that God wants us to express our emotions because mm -hmm. that's a way for him to come into our hearts. Welcome back to your favorite podcast of all time, Sakina Speaks. My name is Sakina Ishabani, and I'm your host doing the absolute most on this beautiful, beautiful day that the Lord has blessed us with, where we come once again onto this platform to have the conversations that matter, conversations that lead to change, conversations that speak to the issues and the trials and tribulations of life that many of us are experiencing as we speak, but are seldom um, have the actual guts to address, to break, to combat. And so that's why this platform is here so that we can have a safe space, a space where uh, we're able to relate, to make our voices heard and therefore start the chain reaction that is going to bring about this change that we all seek. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. I really hope that you're going to have an amazing, amazing time today. Um, thank you for joining us along this journey while we speak about the issues that really plague men um, and that are restricting men from being their, their full selves, from just being, you know, allowing them to be the human beings that they were always born to be. God intended them to be and most importantly that society is constantly stopping them from being not allowing them to express themselves to actually feel and experience their emotions and just live a full life so this is the reason why um, I've had the, the last couple of episodes it's, it's really been a series that sort of made itself I think for a long time coming I've really had this upon my heart to just um, you know like sometimes I lack the words because I, I, I really do believe that I'm a feminist that is focused on rehabilitating men you know so that we can have a better society a safer society for women and i think if that definition of feminism is allowed then i'm i'm a full-fledged feminist and um, that definition really came to mind or came to heart early this morning or on the day that i'm recording but i think that is exactly what i am and that's what i pledge myself to be that's what i'm extremely passionate about and i'm not a savior for men i'm not trying to be a healer of whatever sorts i mean i'm that that's jesus's job but uh, i think it's just my it's basically my responsibility. It's it's something within my heart that I really feel passionate about and something that I really do want to come across on this podcast, on this platform, because this is what it's all about, right? And this is a topic and not just a topic, but a reality that many men have to face each and every single day and why allow them to continue to be suppressed, allow their voices to not be heard. Like Trezor said, um, my guest in two of the previous episodes, that women feel like they're not being heard, but men feel like 
they're just not allowed to speak. And so I feel like it's only apt that on Sakina Speaks, we give them that platform to, to be themselves and to voice out what they're truly feeling and just liberate ourselves, guys. So without further ado, I have another amazing, amazing guest. I'm so blessed to know all of these people, you know, just within my circle, a friend of a friend that has come to be somebody that I really do cherish and appreciate. It was through a poetry group that I actually met this young gentleman who I think has changed my outlook on a lot of things um, in life, especially on this particular episode's topic. Men that feel. He's definitely a man that feels, allows himself to feel wholeheartedly, especially through his love for God, which just overflows into his love for other people. His poetry is amazing and I can't actually stop praising it, but let's, let's for the sake of this episode, so that we can actually get to the crux of the matter. Jacques, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me. That was quite an introduction there. Thank you. And I appreciate you too. Thank you very much. I mean, you just you just being yourself and that's what this is all about, right? Allowing men to be themselves. Do you think that the stifling, you know, is, is actually going to come to an end sometime soon? I do believe. I do believe it's going to come to an end because as time moves, we also as men are changing. And instead of focusing on protecting women or stopping them from doing certain things, mm-hmm. and we refer to it as protecting, we should be actually educating ourselves and allowing ourselves to unlearn and relearn basically Mm -hmm. so that we can become better and we can make the next generation better than we were in the departments that we failed at which is feeling and all these things that you mentioned before absolutely it's actually interesting that you say that we failed at do you think the inability for for men i know we're already diving in deep but do you think like the inability for men to recognize that part of themselves and allow that part of themselves to flourish and to thrive is actually a failure or it's just you know a gross ignorance I think it is a failure that has been caused by the ignorance that our ancestors or forefathers caused because we come from Africa and Africans are allowed to feel in every other way in our dancing, mm-hmm. in the way we praise the church, in the way that we sing. But then when it comes to connecting with one another, we actually fail to use our emotions and to let our emotions out because Africans are not taught to be vulnerable or emotional. We're taught to be strong, especially the men. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Because sometimes I feel like I have fragile masculinity and it's obviously going to be funny to someone to to listen to because it's like, you are a woman. Like, what are you talking about? But there are a lot of times where I'm just like, even like with my siblings, like when they feel a particular way, maybe they, they're feeling heartbroken or they're feeling sad about something. And I'm just, I will encourage them or support them. But there's always that thing of like, nah, dude, don't cry, don't cry. It's okay. Like, you know, and, and it, we should allow ourselves yeah. to go through it, to feel it. There shouldn't necessarily be a stronger you emerging, you know, physically appearing stronger you um, on the other side. But I think just allowing yourself to actually go through that and feel and experience is is strength in its, in its own right. Yeah, because I mean, who is the per- first person that said that feeling our emotions is actually a sign of weakness? Exactly. I think it's the person that refuses to acknowledge that they have these emotions, that they're actually feeling a certain way that is actually weak mm. because they are unable to own up to the comments or the labels that the world might put on them because of the way they are. That, that means that they are actually more fragile than the person that actually chooses to go out there and put themselves out there and feel everything that's happening to them, basically. Absolutely. Guys, I hope you can already hear that this is about to be lit. But anyway, let me let me get back to to the seriousness. Let me get serious again. Jacques, let's actually because because this episode is all about your story. I believe that you would, you know, unfortunately, but I'm gonna put this in inverted commas. You fit the description of a sensitive man in what is today's very 
I don't want to get into social uh, sociology terms, but in, in today's very, um, today's very masculine, uh-huh. um, very like rigid alpha male society, right? Do you actually yeah. think you fit the description of a sensitive man? I think I do because of the family that I come from. I came from a big family first, mm-hmm. family of, I don't know, my grandfather first had five wives and 26, I think, 26 kids. Wow. And yeah, there are about 105 grandkids. And I think all of them, I think most of them actually are what you would call macho man, like mm-hmm. strong, handsome, you refer to them as alpha males. And then growing up around many of them, I usually felt like I couldn't express myself because it's only recently that where I, I tried to actually start saying I love you to like my brothers and my sisters. And just by judging from the reaction that they all show, you, you see that we were not raised like that. Mm-hmm. I brought it up with my mom once and I told her, like, why can't men tell each other I love you? And the answer, the answer was actually funny. She said, no, that's actually like a bit homosexual. And I was like, what? Wow. Okay. Then <laughs> that doesn't <clears throat> make, that didn't make sense to me because I had all these emotions and these feelings that were mismanaged. I think growing up as were many of the emotions of many other men, we were taught to keep our emotions inside, not express them, not say, I love you to one another. And soon as someone is going through something and they're actually crying or mourning or something like that then you actually don't know how to deal with it and yeah. in my family how we dealt with it was humor even at funerals you'd see that people were laughing people were actually rejoicing dancing mm. and that's how we were raised and i don't think anyone actually took the time to mourn to feel and to just you know let everything out and the way that all these emotions come out and the easiest way for all of them to come out i think is anger that's how you often see many men expressing anger more than other emotions. Mm-hmm. Yes, they laugh outside, and they do all these things, but as soon as there's conflict, they are unable to resolve it as women do by talking and trying to understand one another. They actually first resort to, resort to violence, resort mm-hmm. to anger, and they would rather not talk about it because it makes them uncomfortable. And that's also the kind of family I think I grew up in. And it's slowly changing. I think a few of us are now becoming conscious and aware of all these changes that need to take place. First of all, being a Christian and a Christian man, mm-hmm. you actually it actually makes it easier for you to unlearn and to relearn certain things and to kind of readjust your view or your perception of reality. Mm. I think that's the lived experience of a lot of men. I think I can also attest for, well, in my, in my family as well, we, we only three, but even with my with my dad you know like we only started seeing him crying like recently and that's because of like old age and he wasn't able to control you know his tears anymore and then when when his musical icon passed away which is papa wemba that's when like whenever he listens to music like he just can't but it's so true especially in the congolese society it is it's so true but that's an experience that we can personally relate to because we are Congolese, but living in the South African society as well, you see a lot of the cultures, particularly the Zulu culture, which is very alpha male, very like a lot of, you know, like all of that testosterone and, and that male energy and, yeah. and weaknesses is not an option, but why is weakness even the word for it? You know? Yeah. I think emotions make us human, you know, our ability to feel 
to love, to regret, to feel remorse, sadness, mm-hmm. pain, joy, and all these different emotions. And not only that, but also to express them. But society has managed to dehumanize men by blocking out all these emotions that create intimate connections with fellow brothers and sisters. So mm-hmm. there's no more intimacy and you can't have intimacy without these emotional connections. So now if we try to follow what culture has taught us, which is being an alpha male or being this guy that everyone looks up to but for the wrong reasons, then we are actually doing ourselves a disfavor because we're actually moving in the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. We are trying to actually connect with other people but keeping our emotions out of it. So now imagine two blocks just knocking into each other but trying to actually come together and remain together. So we're in a society where we all have these emotions and these things that we want to express and we want to let out. But because of all these eyes that are looking at us, especially as a black African man, all these eyes that look at you when you cry and everyone is actually like, okay, this guy is not as strong as I thought. Mm -hmm. And I had many of these moments because I started working out and all these things and the way my body looked did not match the way my heart looked. Mm -hmm. So... I looked like a, a strong guy, a very dark guy. Society considers you strong already. But then I was probably the most emotional. And I remember once this girl in primary school, I think I was crying for some reason. I don't know why I was crying. Yeah. But then I started walking with her and she said, nah, you're too sensitive, you're too emotional. And I remember another instance where I think my brother or cousin, also because of the way I reacted to a certain thing that I wasn't happy with, told me, no, nah, you react like a woman, you're like a girl. And all these things just build up and they actually create inner wounds. And if we don't take time to heal those inner wounds, then we become these broken men just walking around. And I think broken people or hurt people that Mm. do not deal with their hurt, hurt other people around them. True. So how did you deal with with those reactions, with that rejection, but not focusing particularly on the rejection, but like the the overall reaction and, and, and society's reaction to to your way of of expressing yourself how did you deal with that and through that because you are a poet and a creative and i've had the privilege of of reading some of your really intimate beautiful pieces especially speaking on this topic how did you then pave the way or how are you still paving the way or trying to to break through this wall in order to make it easier for other men like you or in fact men in general to just express themselves freely to answer this question honestly, I think when I was young, I actually wanted to write a book called The Misfortunes of JT. And mm. JT is Jacques Trezor, which is me. And I actually spoke to this pastor and he was like, nah, your life is actually beautiful. You have all these things that many people want to have. And I think I was almost depressed from an early age. And I think that was the wrong way to go about it. But why did I know I was young? Mm-hmm. So that's how I dealt with it. I bottled everything up and I just kept receiving these blows that the world would deal that the world gave me Mm -hmm. and i think i was a very hurt and a very broken down youth just trying to be in a world that was distorted and was just made into something where i didn't fit in where a person like me was basically a taboo Mm -hmm. and it was like I, i had to be like every other guy or i was left out so growing up i tried to fit in actually started listening to Trace songs, you know, Mr. Still the Girl. <laughs> I tried to be like every other guy. I tried mm-hmm. to, you know, uh, learn how to Mac. I actually think I still don't know how to do that. But anyways, <laughs> yeah, I, I started like building this other, I think, alter ego that everyone would vibe with, that everyone would like. And then I actually got to a point where I was like, nah, this cannot be it. Like my soul actually 
craved for something more. My soul actually longed for something deeper than what the world was actually giving me. Mm-hmm. And I actually took a decision one day that I would actually try to be like Jesus as a Christian man, because the, the deeper I went into this relationship with Christ, and he was a man who actually wasn't afraid to tell his disciples who were other men mm-hmm. that he loved them. And he said it publicly. So I examined my life and I was like, okay, if this is the example that we are meant to follow, why are we then going the complete opposite way? Mm -hmm. So I got to a certain age where I had to feed my soul something that it had never had. Like it craved for intimacy, deeper relationships where we had transparency, where even silence makes sense. You see, Mm -hmm. where I wanted a life where saying I love you wouldn't be so cringe and we could just be, you know, open with one another. Where men have been taught to connect with fist sex or not talk as much, but I wanted to be a different kind of man. So I started asking myself these questions. Am I less of a man or am I a weird guy because I've never gotten into a fight, because I've never slept with a girl, because I've, um, I've gotten more talkative over the years and I don't mm-hmm. have the solutions to all the problems. So am I then less manly than others because of the way I am? So I actually decided one day, like, no, nah, I think Jesus wanted more for us. I think God actually created us in a society with emotions so that we could connect with one another. Mm-hmm. How can I help someone one day if I don't even know how to connect with them? That means I'm just doing it like a robot, you know, like slaves. Yeah. So God said, do this, and then I do it, and I'm just out there helping. So what I've basically done is I've chosen to unlearn the lies and relearn the truth based on the Bible, biblical truth. I've chosen to also break Maybe this way God's light can shine through me and it can use my vulnerability to help those who feel vulnerable. Maybe it can use my moments of weakness to show other men that it is okay to actually not feel okay at times mm. and to use my testimony to give strength, hope, and comfort to those who cry in the shadows. Mm. So that's basically my journey, how I've chosen to reshape myself in the way that I believe God wants every man to be. And that is absolutely beautiful. For a moment there, I forgot that I had to actually facilitate the conversation. I was just so deep into what you were saying. Um, Yeah, I I tend to just blabber on. Not at all. Thanks for listening, though. (laughs) Thank you for coming on and sharing such a beautiful testimony with us on this platform. I'm just, I'm so grateful. Like, every single time I have an episode, I'm just like, God, like, your grace and your favor. You just keep showering me with, with such blessings in the form of really phenomenal people that allow me, you know, to come into their space, to give me their time, to share a piece of their life. Life, you know which is going to in turn go on and inspire and change so many lives and my past always says we'll only know the impact of of the good and godly things we did on earth one day in heaven and i, I i'm wow you know i can't wait to see that day amen to that you know when we can actually just see how the actual quantification of all, all these amazing things how has this then affected your relationships? I imagine that pre-Jacques' transformation, pre-you truly accepting yourself and allowing your soul to now be fed by, you know, the true manner of your soul, essentially. What did your relationships look like before and, and what do they look like now and how, how exactly were they affected? Okay, I think my relationships before I chose to actually make this change to my life were very superficial. They were very surface-based relationships. Mm-hmm. It's how are you? Okay, I'm fine. And you shop. We're done. That, mm-hmm. That's about it. But then I think after the change, I've actually learned to dig deeper into people's hearts. I cannot just stop at how are you? I'm fine. And you because people don't usually give you 
the real emotions and the real thing when you ask them the first time because it's actually like automated response because mm-hmm. we've all been taught okay how are you i'm finding you thanks and you go on with your day but i've learned to actually start asking are you sure Usually when you double check, when you ask for a second time, people actually now take the time to assess their lives. They take the time to assess their hearts and see what's really in there. Because I was also the same way. You ask me, how are you? And I'll tell you, I'm fine. But deep inside, my heart actually wanted to let everything out to, you know, allow people to enter and help me through what I was going through. But like many people now, People do not want to let anyone in because vulnerability is seen as a weakness. Mm. But I think vulnerability is actually an opportunity for us to help each other, for us to actually activate our faith and connect to God. Mm. We need to actually acknowledge and be aware of everything that is inside of us. Basically, let our hearts break, let our hearts open to let other people in. We put walls around our hearts where we're like, nah. If I let this person, can I actually let this person in first? And if I let them in, will they actually care for my heart the same way that I do? Mm. But then when we ask ourselves those questions, we're actually doubting the kinds of relationships that we formed with the people around us. We actually don't trust the people or the people we call friends to come in and help us through what we're going through. So now I think I've started to ask deeper questions dig deeper into the hearts of the people that i'm friends with Mm -hmm. because i know that we all go through things and it's impossible for someone to be okay every single day 365 days in a year true so every time i ask i want to make sure and i also want to be the person that i needed when i was younger and i needed when i was going through like sad moments in my life i want to be that person for someone that's going through those things now i want to avail myself for god to use me i want to as i said before let my heart break so that god's light can actually shine through me and touch other people's lives i want to have an impact on other people's lives Mm. so that's basically the change that i made and i've realized that i actually have deeper connections with people express my love to them more all these things that we keep in when our hearts are now full of those things that we have not expressed i think we have heaviness in our hearts things that we can't carry ourselves anymore and we become overwhelmed with emotions that we do not know how to manage we do not know how to express because we've never been taught and not only that but we've never allowed ourselves the the time to learn and the opportunity to push away all toxicity bring in all the positivity and all the things that we're supposed to express like jesus did music to my ears um especially when you you're speaking about how we didn't have sort of examples you know we were never taught Mm -hmm. how how to to handle this and i relate this to myself as well i think it's an overall struggle in life not just for men but it's it's realer for men but they're just a lot of things even with emotional maturity i think even for women i think it's just that thing of yeah you guys talk a lot okay cool that's that's what you're known for yeah you guys don't you guys are always emotional you're always like this you're always like that and so you just allow them but i think if we actually went a bit deeper and saw why she always talking this much why is she always crying like why is she actually crying instead of actually dealing with the reason why women are always crying for example just to throw it out there gender-based violence for example we are always like Mm -hmm. now women are emotional women are like this women are like that i think if you have actually witnessed a very content fulfilled you know satisfied queen you would know that she's not constantly emotional her emotions are not always fluttering aimlessly about they she's she's not constantly overflowing with some you know what i mean so yeah i totally hear you i think though just being africans in general we just all need to learn emotional 
maturity. Um, we all need to learn mm-hmm. how how to process, how to understand what we're going through. Because just like you said, with men, most of the time it it, be, it turns into violence, it turns into anger, and that's how that's how you let it out. That's how you mm-hmm. you know whatever those suppressed emotions. That's that's what they become. And and our pastor does say anger is a secondary emotion. You don't just wake up in the morning and you're angry. No, something happened and you became. Yeah, true. So you couldn't express your emotions and you became angry and you took that out on somebody who probably mm-hmm. had nothing to do with it. So this is definitely a lesson to a lot of us and it's an eye-opener. Mm-hmm. And so that brings me to, to this question. Now you say we weren't taught. Who were some of the examples or what were some of the places where you, you went to, besides Jesus, of course, which is the greatest example that ever lived and ever will. Who were some of like the physical examples or some of the platforms or books mm-hmm. or you know mediums that you used to find a good example to find something or someone you could relate to someone that validated your existence and 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 reminded you or you know made you feel and know that snap i'm actually not some weird alien breed i'm actually a normal human being and this is okay the first people that i went to that helped me without even me going to them were the pastors in my church mm-hmm. i remember when i lost my aunt i think three or four years ago or something like that i tried to be strong i try to be strong for the people around me so i try not to cry i try to be strong for my mom because we were going through it together i was a prayer partner during that time because i wanted her to be strong i was always reminded of god's word but then when god's will was for my aunt to die i sat in my room alone and i could hear my mom crying in the background and looking for me at that moment i couldn't move i couldn't go anywhere because i didn't want her to see me cry and i think that week or a few weeks down the line we went to church and i was praying as usual and the pastor actually walked to me and he put his hand on my chest and he told me i know that you're trying to be strong i know that you felt a lot of emotions you're trying to be this guy that everyone looks up to and that everyone can draw strength from but god says that it's okay it's okay to cry it's okay to mourn and without realizing it i started crying at that moment and when i think about it now it reminds me that god wants us to express our emotions because Mm -hmm. that's a way for him to come into our hearts and not only that but i also had youth leaders i had the christian family i had good friends around me lady friends and girlfriends Mm -hmm. that were actually more understanding than the men of the change i was trying to actually bring besides that as well i spoke to my cousin and we discussed this this intimacy thing i told her that i longed for intimacy i wanted something deeper and I remember what she told me. She told me that, okay, sometimes you need to be the one to initiate certain things, certain conversations, because the way the world is set up, everyone is closing up. If you're looking for intimacy, if you're the one that wants change, then you need to actually go out there and initiate this change. Start by yourself. So I got to a point where I started opening up more. I realized that the more I opened up, the more people got to see the derelict state of my soul and all these cobwebs and all this dirt and pain, the more they trusted me and the more they started opening up. And during the time of change, I started connecting with more people. I would just wake up in the middle of the night and something would tell me, text this person and encourage them. And I would encourage them and I realized that actually they're going through difficult things but then they're trying to deal with it alone. So all these small things that I started realizing around me actually caused the change. It made me, making me the man that I want to be. I'm not there yet, but I believe that I'm going there. 
And I know that we've all been wounded in one way or another. And it was maybe the labels that the world has given us, insecurities, broken homes, broken doctrines that we've tried to live by. And, you know, what I also learned as an athlete is that it's so much easier to numb physical pain just Mm. by popping a few pills and you're fine. But when it comes to the soul, when it comes to a broken heart, only God can take care of that. Mm. But he does it through us. And I read this thing on Instagram the other time and it said, you only receive the healing that you fully show up for. And that's the decision that I made in my life. I decided to actually show up for the healing that I needed. I decided to expose myself to God, to expose myself to the world. And whatever would come, I knew that God would handle it. I knew that whatever the world would throw at me, I was ready to receive it. Because in order for them to change, the change needed to start with me. Mm -hmm. I needed to break. I needed to be hurt. I needed to receive all these things that the world was throwing at me because I knew that behind all those jabs they were throwing, there were emotions that were mismanaged. There were things that, uh, and brokenness that they did not learn to deal with. Mm. So they were just expressing their emotions in the way that they knew how. So I learned that it's only by admitting the depth of our personal tragedies and owning up to the false doctrines that we have been fed and then becoming active and responsible in our own healing that we actually receive true healing and restoration. So we need to show up for the change that we want to see. We need to learn to just expose ourselves. And, you know, many people will judge you for opening up. Many people will tell you, no, you're weak and all these things that they will throw at you. But by doing that, you're actually opening yourself up to connections, relationships, to things that will one day bear fruits for the next generation. How will someone know that they can cry and it's okay to cry if they've never seen their role models crying, if they've never seen the, the older generation crying? Mm. I personally thought that men couldn't cry because <laughs> I had never seen my dad cry. I would see my mom mourning the death of many people, but then my dad would always isolate himself and he would go somewhere and we wouldn't see him. And I still have this image in my head of a younger me, it's very old, I don't even know how old I was. And my mom was crying because I think one of my cousins had died, yeah. but I never saw my dad cry at that moment. So that's the first picture of a man that I, that I had. But it, thank God that my dad is actually changing. And for the first time ever on my birthday, on my birthdays he actually told me i love you I, you didn't tell me you wrote it <laughs> all these years i was trying to change and i, and I was telling him nah dad je t'aime, i love you mm-hmm. and he would just you know send hearts and emojis and all these things and i would tell him in person and he would be like mm, with a smile mm-hmm. but then on my birthday he actually told me and i realized that i actually managed to like change my dad's heart actually managed to reach the core for him to tell me that so the change starts with you if you decide to open up if you decide to make yourself available for god to use you then slowly but surely you'll not only change the future generations but you'll also manage to change the older ones like let me not get emotional like you you went all in and i appreciate it and it's just you know exhibit a when you allow yourself to open up like you said when you expose yourself you allow for these deeper connections to happen. You allow for the real change to take place. You allow the magic to happen. I'm not only in your life, yeah. but but in so many other people's lives. And this episode, I know, I know that I know that I know has just touched so many people who are listening to this. And, you know, even if it's one person, but I know that that person's life is going to be changed forever and it's going to affect a whole generation. So it really mm-hmm. makes this job worth it. And I'm, again, so grateful that you could come on and just freely express yourself. Thank you for having me. I'm actually more grateful. Just before you go, tell mm-hmm. us about your blog, your 
poetry platform called Her Mind, Her Story. What inspired it? And I'm particularly interested because as a sensitive man, you share your inverted commas, your sensitive views on there. You challenge the status quo. You challenge what masculinity is, especially for Black African men. And you rewrite it. You redefine it. Yeah, so I this year actually got asked by a friend, actually my friend's blog, that he invited me to be a co-author on that blog and to actually share whatever I wanted to share. So one day I was just sitting and I was thinking, okay, what message can I share with the world that can actually make an impact? And I was already sharing the word of God, the best way I knew how, mm-hmm. friends, pictures and everything. But then I believe God has given me the gift to write, share my gift in writing. And before I was actually able to express myself through speaking, I poured my emotions out on paper. Mm-hmm. I found it easier for me to write than to speak. And I'm still working my way through that. And when she came to me, I sat down and thought to myself, okay, I'm a sensitive guy and I know that there are many sensitive guys out there like me with no voice speak on their behalves and no voice to tell them that it's okay and it's all right to be the way that you are. Mm-hmm. You don't always have to fit in. You don't always have to blend in or conform to the standards of a world that actually saw the perfect man and saw the paragon of love and still chose to crucify him. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, let me share a Christian message but that the whole world can relate to on this specific level because we all have emotions. And when I write, I try to make everyone feel what I'm feeling. Every comma, every full stop, I want everyone to actually connect and feel the way that I I was feeling when I was writing. And, you know, I don't actually go over my poems like first time, second time. There's no draft. As soon as the muse hits, I just start writing wherever I am. Mm -hmm. I never write on paper. I always write on my phone because it's always on me. And I believe it's the Holy Spirit that actually inspires me to write all these things. Because in order for you to say something and it actually reaches someone's heart, only God can do that. Because many people can just throw words around. But for a word to create transformation in someone's heart, the Holy Spirit has to be present. So I think it's God's way of using me to spread a message that not many people are willing to talk about. Mm. So that's basically the idea behind the blog. That's it's amazing, guys. It doesn't take you to be speaking on the biggest platform. It doesn't need you to you don't have to have the mm-hmm. entire circus, the the whole production or whatever the case may be. This is just teaching us that you need to start first of all with yourself, most importantly, and just keep pouring out that cup to other people in, in the smallest of ways, in the simplest of ways, it's literally just asking a person twice, you know, like, are you sure you're fine? How like how are you like for real for because I also do that. There are times where you can just sense that mm-hmm. mm, this vibe here, I know that something is actually you're not okay with this person exactly and you're like are you sure like for real for real and it usually comes like the floodgates open after that so sometimes you just need to in that case and i'm saying this in this case only to push a little bit harder just in closing i want to ask how has your journey to discovering yourself this is definitely a journey to discovering yourself as you discover christ and Mm -hmm. your source you discover yourself as you come to understand that no you're not a sensitive man the way the world has labeled you you're just jacques kisula magoma and you're just living your life Mm -hmm. how has this journey affected or influenced the way you write and therefore like all your creative outputs and and the way you live your life okay so 
discovering myself. I think I got to a point in my life where I actually realized that I'm not just a body. The body is just a vessel and I'm a spirit. I'm a soul. Mm -hmm. And when I speak, I need to let my soul out, let my spirit connect to like God's spirit. And we need to work in unity in order to share a message. Mm -hmm. And during this pandemic, Many people had an identity crisis. They were disconnected from everything that used to make sense to them. Mm -hmm. They were disconnected from everything that used to define them. But luckily for me, I had already realized that before I'm a soccer player, before I'm a writer, before I'm an evangelist at church, before I'm anything, a brother, sister, or a son, I'm first of all a child of God. Mm -hmm. And I think knowing that identity and knowing who I am in Christ has led to just everything being realigned and everything just flowing out in the order that it was supposed to be, to flow in. Because growing up, I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what a man should be like. I didn't know what to show, what to hide. But then the more I grew up, the more I discovered what kind of man I was, a sensitive man, a man in touch with his soul, with his spirit, and everything was just aligned. I realized that I need to let all parts of myself actually speak. Because if I let my body only speak, then I will only connect through pleasures of the flesh, through mm -hmm. alcohol, through drugs, through sex, and all these things that we believe create intimacy mm -hmm. amongst ourselves. But then when you actually let your soul and your body and your spirit come together, you realize that there's actually more to life than just physical contact. There's more to life than just being able to, you know, touch each other, hug each other. Mm -hmm. There are emotions behind. There's a spiritual realm behind that actually connects each and every one of us. And learning those things in my life, I think, helped me be the man that I am today and will continue molding and building me to be the man that I am meant to be. And I believe that even if I can actually save one soul, or even two out of a billion, then I will know that God has actually used me and I'll be satisfied with that. Ladies and gentlemen, you have heard it from the Jacques mouth. I was going to say the horse's mouth, but I was like, you know what, let me not ruin this moment. <laughs> Thank you so much. I've really been blessed by this. I've really, really been blessed by this. I know the listeners are very blessed by this. Guys, I think it's long overdue. It's long, long overdue. We've been hearing the very same story, the very same song sung over and over and over again, you know, about women empowerment, about women being equal to men. We've been hearing the same song about toxic masculinity, about men are trash, etc. I think it's time that we rewrite the lyrics so that we sing with a different melody. You know, we, we, we make a different symphony and that is by being the example that we want to see in society and effecting change through that, through the active transformation of ourselves and therefore of those who are watching us, those who are emulating us and those who will follow us because of the great example that we are being. It's really time. Like it's it's been like, you know, it, it's really time for men particularly to stand up for themselves. You claim you're strong. You claim that you're an alpha male. You claim that you're a leader. Well, it's time to lead your generation to a better place in history, to a better place in time where you are allowed to be yourself. You are allowed to be the child of God that you were born to be. You're allowed to express your emotions. You're allowed to feel and to give other people the permission to feel as well. Your being is not validated by how strong you appear to society. Um, your value doesn't decrease because you shed a tear it happens life happens and 
we react to these circumstances. We are meant to. I, th- I was I was telling my younger sister even that I'm, I'm just understanding that in life, human beings were born to adjust to the volatility of life. We were born to constantly readjust, adapt to changing circumstances. Like we are at our peak when we are able to, to just constantly adapt, to be okay with changes that are constantly happening because that's the only thing that's constant. Um, You know, when we complain, when we slack, when we have a problem with our environment rather than making sure that our internal environment has been regulated, that's where the issue comes in. That's where the discontent comes in. That's where, like just like Jacques said really well, when he realized even during the pandemic, well, before the pandemic, and, and that's how he was able to cope and still is able to cope is that I'm a child of God. Before all of these other decorations that I have, I am a soul and I'm a spirit that was born of God and that lives through God. So all of these other things, ugh, you know, they're not, they're not worth it. They can change in an instant. But once you get it in that instant in which you understand that my purpose is in our case, loving God, loving people, whatever situation you're in, whether you have a lot or you have a little, whether you are crying or you are alpha, it's not going to matter. And so just like Trésor, funny enough, this is the second treasure that I have um, on my podcast. Um, Just like he said, man, purpose is everything. Once you find your purpose, then everything flows out of there. I think that's what we should all, just like you said, all of us, male, female, whatever the case may be, just find your purpose. And once you find it, pursue it with all your heart and just love. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really do want to have a lot of more conversations like this. This is the reason. This is why we're here. This is why Sakina Speaks was born. This is why we're going to continue. I don't think there's anything else that I can add to this. Just go on Instagram and follow Jacques. That is J dot K-I-S-M-A-G-H 19. And follow Look at me upgrading you. <laughs> Amen to that. So that's J.K-I-S-M-A-G-H 15 on Instagram. And her mind, her story is the blog. I'm definitely going to share that um, link so that you guys can go on and interact and see the beautiful pieces that he does share and how he continues to spread this message of love and, and acceptance of yourself. And of course, continue to keep the conversation going with Sakina Speaks. That is Sakina Speaks underscore S-A-K-I-N-A-S-P-E-A-K-S underscore on Instagram. Guys, just keeping the change that you want to see. Stay blessed. Sakina has spoken.